Welcome to another episode of Capability Amplifier Podcast. And if you're here right now, you have the same dream just about every entrepreneur has, and that is to have financial freedom and a freedom lifestyle. And that means freedom from, freedom to, and to have what I think every business owner wants as well, which is a self-managing company that can scale to whatever level you dream of that's both lifestyle compatible saleable someday and in the meantime it'd be nice if it was a really effective atm right so um what i have for you today is a very very special treat it's someone who's done that his name is jeff russell he is the creator of fire yourself first and he has a system he's going to share we're going to give away some tools so one of the great takeaways today are some tools that you can use right now in your business i was so inspired when i went through these earlier that i'm passing them on to my team who are meeting as i'm recording this right now so jeff let's say hi to everyone hey how you doing <laughs> all right <laughs> so let's get things going um and first before we get into the tools a little bit about your background and how you've managed to build a self-managing, self-running company and um, have the lifestyle that you have right now because you won the prize. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and it was by design, right? So I always did want to have the freedom. The reason I became an entrepreneur is so that I have the freedom and I have the money, right, to go along with the freedom to allow me to do what I want. And then all of a sudden you start like you've been in your business five years, 10 years. So I'm like, oh, you kind of forgot why you started the business in the first place. And when I started that revelation, it's like, you know what? The business is too complicated. There's too much going on here. There's a lot of moving parts. And I'm like, hmm, I need to start systemizing everything. Because what I found after starting three businesses, people is your biggest asset and your biggest headache. Right. So hiring the right people and retaining the right people is really what allowed me to not only scale my business, but put it on autopilot. So it runs without me. So a very critical part. And then one of my business has actually been for the last 15 years teaching other people this process, how they can start their business, how my secret 11 step hiring process, which brings in the winners every time, and as well as how to watch what matters most and make sure you and all your team are in alignment and doing the right things every time. Okay. So we're going to get into the processes and I'm just going to show this. If you're watching us right now, one of the little giveaways, which is at fireyourselffirst.com, you can get uh, Jeff's 11 step hiring guide. He's given it away big value um but there's more wait there's more <laughs> so uh just to create a little bit of context here why don't you talk about the businesses what are the businesses you have and what do they do and then uh we'll go down the rabbit hole also of um the you know things haven't always been great so you've had some big obstacles to fight along the way but let's start with what you have right now and what the businesses are Absolutely. Now, we started back in 2005. So, hey, times were good back then, right? And sometimes when times are good, you kind of got lucky, 
and things mm -hmm. just work. But what happened in 2008? Hmm, we hit a little bump in the economy. And that really, if you had a good system and a good business, you survived. And if you didn't, you didn't survive. And so the first business was a financial services-based business. And that actually did quite well until the economy started to shift. And then there was a little bit of a difficulty in that time. And the second business actually was a training business, which turned into be one of the best businesses because whether we are going through an economic downturn or anything else, people want training. People love live training. People like to come to training and learn with other people. And as well, what we found when we had a little bit of a, uh, a hiccup in the economy in the last year or so, we went to online training. So we were able to use the same systems we were using to run our business to actually almost pivot and create a new line of business. And now we do both. We do online and we do live trainings. They're different. But the processes to do both of those businesses are exactly the same. Ten years ago, I actually got into the medical clinic business. And so I started a medical clinic. And that's the one where I literally, right from the beginning, ten years ago, I had already started putting the pieces together. I'm a voracious reader. I read about six business books a month, and I have for the last 20 years. So I'm kind of a walking encyclopedia of all these processes. But a lot of them were for big, huge Fortune 10 companies and didn't quite apply. So as a founder business owner, I had to kind of test them and apply them and modify them so they worked for my business, right? So a two to $25 million business that works really well for. Now, what we've done is we've, I created, when I created that third business, I did not want to be in the day-to-day -day operation. So right from the beginning, we put in a team and I work, you know, maybe an hour, two hours a month in that business. And so whether I'm there or not, it's making money, it's the ATM, right? So those are the three businesses that I've been totally different, financial services, medical training, and as well as a medical practice. Okay. So with that, they all have a few things in common. So let's talk about the tools and um, these are all giveaways, so the resources we're going to share with everyone today. But talk a little bit about after running these businesses, you've got a whole a huge library of systems that you've developed that you teach and share now. But what are the three big ones? And let's take a look at them. Yeah, the biggest one I found is focus. What does winning look like? And this ties in... To everything, right? Your people, if they don't know where you're headed, they don't know what to do and what's expected from them. If you don't even know what you're doing and you're just kind of going by the whim of here and there, how are you going to grow and scale your business? You need to be able to look at the future and see where the opportunities are coming. But if you're working in your business, you don't have a chance to get your head out of the business so you can really see the environment that's happening. Very important. And the other thing is you need to know what winning looks like, right? You need to know the numbers, right? So it's very important to come up with a dashboard that you use to understand the most important numbers of your business. And as well, each employee needs a scorecard so they know if they're winning and contributing. Okay, great. So I'm going to just show this off. Um, 
So what Jeff has prepared for you at fireyourselffirst.com and giving away is a clarity map. That's to get clear on where you're going, where you want to go, downloadable. And we already recorded a training video that goes through this step by step by step. So it gets super granular and you'll learn how he uses it and the details on how you can implement it too. Second one is an 11 step guide. This is Jeff's hiring process, which you can model and use. And then the last one is the dashboard, creating a dashboard to track success along with his best practices. So really, really valuable. Um, let's go down a little bit deeper now and talk about some of the specifics. And one of the things I'd love to hear from you are a couple just little case studies, some of the biggest nuggets of what you've learned. And I'm gonna seed this a little bit for you. So first of all, Clarity Map. I'd love to hear a good before after story, either in your business or one of your clients' businesses. And uh, I'll go through each one of these. I'm, I'm looking for some specific stuff, but I want to just get your reaction first on uh, what stands out. Good transformational story. So often people, you get into this groove, right? It's almost like the hamster wheel and you're just going around. You show up for work, you just do it. And then you just, you're all of a sudden just a day-to-day -day person. The clarity map really helps businesses and practices that I've helped set up in the past, focus on what's most important. And not a 20 year, like we're going to be uh, this huge conglomerate and do all this stuff. No, let's look three years from now. And then we're gonna do another one in three years, right? And then kind of moving backwards. So in every one of my businesses, this is critical. And it's something that's critical for the most successful medical practices that I help set up as well is really knowing what your obstacles are, where your opportunities are for growth, and as well, let's leverage your strengths as well. Okay. And I know one of the things that you shared is one of your biggest metrics of success for your training business, for example, that drives a tremendous number of customers for reviews. Talk a little bit of that, because for you, that's one of your big dominoes. And I'm not sure a lot of business owners, no matter how long they've been in business, they think there's a whole bunch of dominoes. And in your case, you really isolated it to one. So I want you to just talk about that and what your thinking has been in helping find and identify the big domino. I'm always looking to simplify, right? You're absolutely right. If you looked at your CFO or your accountant's financial statements that he gave you, he gives you every single month, it could be confusing, right? Which of those numbers are important? So what I'm trying to do is look at what are the key indicators? One thing that I've discovered for a lot of service-based industries, especially in restaurants, hospitality, training, um, uh, could be clinics or whatever, is number of Google star ratings, right? If you're 4.1, you don't exist. The difference between 4.6 and 4.7 could be tens of thousands of dollars a month in revenue, right? And it is in a medical practice for sure in one of my businesses. So we track how many five-star reviews we get every single month and actually every week so that we are on top of that and that everyone's aware of it. Because if we get a three-star review, that means something is broken. We're not delivering the promise that we did for our customer 
or we're not bringing them in, we're not treating them right, something is broken, right? Now I know exactly who did this and I can contact that customer and find out what it is very quickly. If without this, and say we used another metric, maybe the metric in the breakdown was that um, we weren't delivering on time. We took the money, but it took us three days to actually deliver on the product when the customer expected it to be delivered in a day. And so now we have a disconnect. And so we can now quickly go into fulfillment or whatever the business unit is and fix it quickly. And not because of time and all these other crazy amount of numbers, we have a nice succinct number like review ratings. Got it. And that would lead me to believe that you've developed a really good system for getting the reviews and training people to lead, leave five-star reviews whenever possible. Is that fair? Yeah, it's critical. We certainly do have a process. It's very difficult, even with your raving fans who love you. You know, people still, it's a challenge to get those reviews, right? Because we're reviewed out almost. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants me to review every time. Just flew an American and they wanted me to review my seat, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's just like I didn't bother. I hit delete. Yeah. Right? Because it just wasn't exceptional. Sorry, American. It just wasn't a memorable flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I, I learned, and I think I mentioned this to you, <clears throat> when we used to do our publish event, I would have people leave book reviews at the event live. And that way I could control the environment, the room. And I found some ethical bribes to get them there. But, but again, getting back to what's the mindset and how do you iterate? I think that's one of the things that you're really, really good at is you're just good at finding that domino, creating that process, systemizing it and making sure that you have nothing to do with it. So I'm going to get to the next one here, which is people. Now, when we were doing the training, the bonus, you let on, you've got your 11 step hiring process, which is really smart, really good. But you have one thing that is very non-obvious. I've never done done it before. It didn't dawn on me, but it's spot the liar. How do you spot a liar early on before they turn into a problem and you've actually hired them? Absolutely. You know, you like it's the dumb people are the easiest to spot, but the smart <laughs> liars are the most difficult. And my 11 step process is to find those people. The really smart liars are the ones who are going to know all the questions you're going to ask and answer them beautifully. And so I've got these detectors that I put through my, throughout my process that actually picks up this. And why did I do this? Because I hired one of those people, yeah. right? I've probably hired several of those yeah, people. What'd that cost to get rid of? Yeah, yeah I remember one person was a $10,000 check, mm-hmm. right? To get rid of that person because that's a we cheap didn't one. catch it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it could be in the hundreds of thousands if they've mm-hmm. been with you. And so for me, it is so critical to find those people who are not as truthful and manipulative because trust me, they're, they'll bring down your business. They all bring down morale. They are so infectious that you need to do everything you can to make sure they're not in your organization. And remember this, your biggest expense on your income statement is payroll. So make sure you do the appropriate amount of time to invest to ensure that you get only the winners working for you. 
because you know what? If you want a company that runs without you or does not need you, because you want this for two reasons, right? You want a company, you want to fire yourself first so that if you want to sell the company, its valuation goes up. Nobody wants to buy a company where the owner's the critical person, right? All the systems and processes have to be in there. That's one of the things that I've learned. The other thing is, if you want it to run without you, you need a team that's capable of running it without you. And if you don't have good people who are self-managing and make decisions, you don't have that. So people is the key to be able to fire yourself, and then you can start living the life you always wanted to. Yep. Well, so let's get granular. The specific thing, what's your strategy for um, spotting the liar? Um, cause you talked about, first of all, hiring people who are already working, but also it's how you research this. So, uh, tell the story cause it's actually really good. Well, you know, it's interesting. So they're going through my process and so they answered all my questions correctly, right? They, they knew kind of how to answer them. Phone interview went well, in-person interview went well. And then we're getting to a very important part, which is the reference chucking, right? So how many people do you have? I like to hire people who are working. So that to me is good. You know, the people who are really good are generally working, mm -hmm. right? The people who aren't really good have 15 jobs and they're probably not working right now. I don't want those in my organization. One thing I learned, and I had to learn this the hard way, is I always call. If somebody says they're working for this organization, I'll call the switchboard and just ask to talk to that person. Because one time I did that, and I'm like, oh, they haven't worked here in nine months. Ooh. And so I'm like, oh, can I talk to their supervisor? And I, she connected me, and she goes, yeah, so so-and-so gave me you as a reference. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised she gave you me as a reference because I fired her. I'm like, oh. And so I'm like, let's have an off-the-record conversation here mm -hmm. about this person that I'm like, wow, what a savior there. Yeah, so yeah. Because they think they're protected. The liars think they're protected by saying, I'm working here, mm -hmm. so you won't call them. Yeah. Are they? And you know what I did? And if they were working there, I would have been connected and say... You know, it would have been fine. Then I mm -hmm. know, okay, mm -hmm. they're legit. Yeah. No, I, it, it's, that is one of those so obvious, it's not obvious things. And, um, and just so you know, there's more goodies like that in the bonus. So um, make sure you head on over to fireyourselffirst.com. All right. So here we are. We got the clarity map, getting clarity, great tool. We've got the 11 step guide on hiring. Now let's talk about dashboards a little bit. And <clears throat> you're all about dashboards. This is one of those things where I've experimented with them. I'm bad at them. After we made the bonus today, I immediately just had a conversation with my team and I said, uh, I learned some really interesting things. We're going to build dashboards. Here are the things that I want to be on here. Now you guys figure out what you think you need. Yep. And then I'm going to give them the interview we did. Um, so they build it along with the forms. So I was inspired enough to implement immediately. That's a quick start in me. But I would like to know, first of all, your theory of dashboards and also what are the things that you feel are important to have on every dashboard or what do you have in your businesses? Right. You know, I need to know what winning looks like and so does all of my team members. So we need to have some measurable numbers that 
are important to the basis of the business. I'm not an accountant or an engineer by I'm an entrepreneur. So don't give me a list of more than three or four things, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, that forces me to really think about what are the most important things. You know, I don't care about my gross revenue. I care about my net profit. What, what do I get after taxes, really? Because that's where it is, right? Now I'm going to look at where are my profit. Now a lot of other numbers tie into that. If I have a very low profit margin, then where is, what am I charging? Maybe I'm not charging enough. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm losing. I have leakage in a different division. Maybe my service division is leaking um, revenue. So I'm not going to pick 15 things. Uh, one of mine for the clinic is always five, number of five-star reviews, right? That's a critical driver of a lot of other things, right? Um, I like to keep my expenses, right? So we have expenses because what ties into expenses? Not only operating expenses for the business, but marketing expenses. So that ties in. What is my cost to acquire a customer, Yeah, right? Ties into there. Is that looking good, right? And so with uh, clinics that I teach at our training centers right now for all of the physicians who are opening up their own private clinics. We always have them. The five-star reviews, rate your MD, those rankings are very important and gross margin because so many of the procedures they do, they don't make any money at it and they are shocked at how little money they are. So it gives you an opportunity to dig down, dig deeper. Once I have something say like five-star reviews, I will bring that to the team or the department that does that. And I'll say, here's your big goal is five-star reviews. Now, what can you do? And I like them to come up with three or four things that they can do that are trackable, right? So I'm going to make 10 calls a day. Fine. What we like to do is how many times you get a handwritten thank you note? Not very often. So you're going to do five handwritten you know, thank you notes to your customers every day right and so again let's build that up but i let them do what they want and i just at a very high level ensure that it is aligned with where we're going to go and sometimes i'm like i don't like that idea but i'm gonna let them try it for a month or two and i've been pleasantly surprised i'm like wow it worked so mm -hmm. you don't we don't know everything they're in there with the customer in the trenches. So let's give them an opportunity to feel needed and connected to the big picture of the organization. Okay. So I know, for example, I'm really good at coming up with a great idea, a novel idea to stay in touch with the customer. And I'll say to my, someone on my team, Hey, this is a great thing to do. And it might get done once, but it won't get followed up or followed through. It isn't systemized and it gets forgotten. And so I'm curious, um, when you think about a dashboard and you're coming up with an idea or you have your employees, your team come up with a great idea, when do you decide to retire a bad idea, try out a new one, kind of split test them, rotate them, and how many is too many and how few is too few in terms of what gets on the dashboard? Because it would be easy for this to be Mike's great idea board, which is really the overwhelm board. Right. Um, so how, what's your math, what's your mindset and how do you determine what stays, what gets on there, what goes and, uh, what becomes noise? Yeah, I find it depends on the person and the business owner. Some are very, very analytical and they'll do three, like they'll actually go really minimal. I find five is good for the business side. And then I never want more than three to my team members. 
Mm. right? Any more than three, they'll get confused. And you know what? I should be able to stop them in the hall and they'll tell me what their threes are. Well, how are you at with your, your scorecard, right? How are your calls coming? Oh yeah, I'm at 20 out of 25. They should be able to rattle that off. It shouldn't be so complicated. And that's the other thing. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Mm-hmm. Make it easy for them to win, right? But not too easy, right? If they... If they're like, oh, I just need to make five calls, and it's like, oh, okay, so let's work that out. So if you made five calls and one of those calls becomes a customer, will it get us to our goal? Yeah, it doesn't really look like it does it. So now let's start there and go backwards. Oh, so you need to make 15, right? So that's a coaching opportunity conversation for sure to make sure that they're aligned. But they've created the base, so they feel like this is theirs. Right. No, that makes sense. And I think in my organization. So I'm going to ask you about yours, like what your, what your five are right. and what your employees three are, maybe pick one or two employees. And while you think about that, I'm going to tell you what mine show up as, because again, we, we've been very sloppy about dashboards. I meet and I say, here, here's what's important. Where are we here? But it's not this static thing where we've got a team board, what I'll call a mic board or the owner board, the team board and then the individual board which it seems like that's how to think about this and you know really i am a sales driven and delivery oriented i you know happy customers matter most and then um having a certain number of highly qualified prospects who know they're having a sales conversation with my salesperson ideally not mike right Mm -hmm. and if you think about how we met, you know, you, we had met before, you knew me, but you were watching a podcast episode online. And to me, that's like perfect. And I know my, a Nikki who runs our content, she was really excited about mm. that. Cause I told her right away, Hey, I got this call from a guy who I really like, and I think he's perfect. And she's like, yay. But we haven't had like a system where if she knows um, that we create content and we have a certain number of impressions and a certain number of inquiries, if that was one of her metrics, for example, like if she really knew that she was contributing to a qualified conversation that led to an engagement, she'd be ecstatic. But there hasn't been a way to think about that. Not really. And now I'm like, oh, there is. I just wasn't thinking about it right. Not until you and I had the conversation. Same is true with Aaron, who runs our sales. For him, um, you know, the historical way that I've seen done in many organizations is how many cold calls are you making, essentially? And then how many, you know, where are you on your pipeline? And on one hand, the the way I really want to judge them is, are there X number of engagements per month and how consistent are you? And in a way, I don't care how he makes the baby. I just want him born, right? I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't see the process. I don't want to see sausage making, but I know from experience that like one of our sales strategies involves our marketing strategies now is we have an artificial intelligence system that is writing emails, creating engagement, and booking. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's like, those are, those are angel sounds to me because it's not the old school. Right. And we're seeing results from it that are exceeding some of our other strategies because it's consistent, it's disciplined. So I know that disciplined behavior equals results. Mm-hmm. 
even if it's imperfect discipline behavior. So with that, I want to hear your take on it from a dashboard. Like what's on it? What do you look for? How do you judge? And like, what are some of the granular things that show up in your world? The fact is I'm a busy guy. I got yeah. lots of stuff to do. So I just come up with the big ideas and then I just have my EA deal with it. And she actually goes in and gets all the numbers. And what we use is a software called Slack to communicate throughout all our members. And she posts every Monday morning all our numbers and all our KPIs. So we know what the dashboard's looking like. What does our big picture dashboard look like? We want the percentage of gross profit, right? Where are we at with our gross profit? In the training business, we want to know how many seats are sold. So you were talking about you and your sales funnel. Well, we've sold out the next three events, our training events. So they're they're done. So people have to wait till the following year to take another one, right? Like we are done. So that's... uh. Okay, are we sold out the next three? Then I know that's a win. Like I don't really, so obviously our funnel's working. Mm -hmm. But my salesperson, that's not her funnel. It's her end of the funnel is I have to sell out the next three events. But her funnel is now more, a bit more tactical because we use some marketing email automation, which it sounds like you do too, maybe at another level up higher than us. But we have all kinds of sequences. So she's tracking actually how, what the open rate is for this sequence and how can we segment. We spend a lot of our inf- um, time in marketing doing our demographic analysis of who opens this is most likely to open this and what they're interested. So mm. we, so they're really focused and she needs to know, oh, we have a very low open rate with this. So we need another yes, no right? Like, are you interested in this? And then she knows to create another funnel. And so it's iterative, right? We're changing, we're making some adjustments. There's always a flow. But the thing that doesn't flow is we're selling out. We have so many seats in our events, right? So she has to fill that. So you got to be consistent. Every single person sees that. And one of the things I like with Slack, or if you use Microsoft Teams, or there's other products like that, people can high five. I'm looking to make sure my senior leadership team is all responding to those numbers, mm-hmm. right? I want to see high five or like, hey, I'm shocked. Hey, sometimes the numbers aren't good, but it's better to know them every week than find out at month end. Yeah, right on, right on. So um, I'm going to send everyone to a couple things and I have a couple more questions for you. So first of all, um, head over for the tools that uh, we've been talking about. Go to fireyourselffirst.com. There you can get the downloadable tools and a training video that goes through step by step, including some really granular, good granular tips that uh, Jeff will take you down. Next, I want you to talk a little bit about who is the right fit for your practice, um, who wants to, to work with you in a group fashion with the boot camps or one-on-one? Who do you work with and who gets the best results? For me, what's, I like to learn in different ways. So I'm just, I design the program like I like to learn. Sometimes I like to go to a workshop where there's multiple people and different business owners in there so that there's a dialogue going on. Other times I need to get, like I'm looking for the quick shortcut, right? Then I'm going to hire the person one-on-one, right? That's what I do. 
You know, I personally spend around six figures a year on coaching and mentoring because you know what? It gets me where I need to go five times, 10 times faster. I'm looking for a 10 time return, right? When I'm Mm -hmm. going to invest in a coaching or a solution, it needs to give me a 10 time return. That's what I'm looking for here. And so I actually expect the same. You should be looking. My ideal uh, client or right fit client is somebody who's maybe had their business for 5, 10, 20 years, is doing 2 to $25 million a year, and now they're starting to think, what's next, mm-hmm. right? What next could be scaling to another level, because they're excited. What next could be positioning and rolling you out because you have other interests. Like me, I like to do strategic investing in other companies, right? And if I'm tied into my working in my company, I don't have the time to do that. I enjoy doing this. And so I only take a small handful of people when I do the one-on-one because I don't want to interrupt my quality of life. Yeah. And, and that really leads me to the last big question. So um, for you, there's a couple of ways to learn more about working with Jeff. One of them is, of course, you can just go to Fire Yourself first, get the freebies, and you'll learn more about his program on the download page, or you can just go to fireyourselffirst.com slash apply. That's where he's got an application process. So I'm curious, a big part of getting to know you has been Jeff 4.0. So I'm curious for a guy who's young like you, to me, you're young, you're younger than me. (laughs) Um, You're an empty nester now. You've won the business game, which is to help have that self-managing company that's essentially an ATM. You've got a lot of opportunities and you've created simplicity and elegance for yourself. And now you're doing the advisory and you're only working with people you love. What is Jeff 4.0 when you think about your trajectory and what really is lighting you up and, and getting you the most excited today? You know, the fact is... When you're younger, I think you focus on the money, right? But when you when you get the money, right, you focus on what's most important. And I think it's relationships, whether it's your friends, families, colleagues, business owners. I absolutely love helping people. And my superpower and what I know and what I've been doing for 20 years is all about entrepreneurship and building and scaling businesses. So if I can help somebody... I want to do that. And why would I hold back all my processes? That's why I'm giving these tools. These are the tools I use, right? So go use them, right? Help yourself grow because you need to kind of look at that. Now I enjoy doing a lot of different things, right? I like to invest in companies where I can add value. If I can't add value, then I'm not going to participate. Mm -hmm. And I only work with people that I can add value to, right? So if I don't think that's why we have an application process. Right. Because if you're if I don't think I can add value to your business, I don't we shouldn't work together. It's mm-hmm. not a win win for right. me. It always has to be a win win. Right. For you as well as for me. So that is a focus. I only want to work with people where I can create a win for them and I get a win out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to officially wrap this up. And then I'm going to let you get in the last word. So I think the next step. For you listening, watching is again, head on over to fireyourselffirst.com or slash apply. You can learn more about Jeff working with him. Get these tools. They're really, really good. I was so inspired to get immersed in them myself and hand them off to my team um, and just give them the exposure. They're really simple, but really smart. 
and we're in the process of hiring again, just a couple of the tips you shared, I know it's going to prevent some stupid mistakes that I for sure would have made. And I'm in the midst of a crucial hire right now, actually two crucial hires. So um, it's just came at the right time. And also it's just been awesome getting to know you and work with you because it's fun to co-create and collaborate. And this is, this is what lights me up and I know it does for you as well. So, um, so here's my last question for you. Any other passing words before we let everyone go? The one thing is, remember you've slogged it out. You, you know, you've spent all this time developing and doing things for other people. It's time for you. I want you to really take a half a day and think about what you want out of life. And this is just a journey, right? So the end of your business is not the end of you. And some people treat it like that. It's mm, not. Mm -hmm. So be prepared for that transition. No one really gives you that transition. There's not a program to cover or that's available. And so utilize this time to think about what you want. And then how can you use your company to get you that? So it's all about it's me time. Yeah, no, it's very, very smart. So, well, we'll officially wrap this up. This is Capability Amplifier. I've got an ask for you, one of three things. First, um, besides heading over and checking out Jeff's stuff and using them, that would be a great thing. If you'd go to capabilityamplifier.com, leave myself a message, Dan a message, let us know what you thought of this episode. Of course, the other place is go to iTunes, leave a comment and a rating there. You can do it right from within your app. It's super, super simple. And share this with someone who can benefit from it. If you know a business owner who's either struggling with people, they're struggling with process, they're struggling with um, keeping things on track, being able to deliver a dashboard so everyone on the team knows what their focus should be from a clarity perspective and or uh, knowing what they should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis, the tools are here, they're accessible, and they're surprisingly easy to implement because Jeff's been teaching these so long. So with that, thank you so much for listening, watching, leaving your comments, and uh, spending some time with us today. Jeff Russell, what a pleasure. Thank you, Mike. It was awesome. All right, the same. So let's say goodbye to everyone. So long. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thank you.